Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Phil Better Show, and it's brought to you by the rank list of everything. Um, 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 da 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 dum. It's the Phil Better Show! This is Phil Better with the Phil Better Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Phil Better. I am here with a good mate of mine from across the pond. I have Mr. Harry from the rank list of everything. Harry, do you mind just doing a quick introduction of yourself? I, you know what? I wouldn't mind doing a quick introduction of myself. Uh, shelf? There you go. Uh, my name is Harry. I often can't pronounce words properly. And I do the rank list of everything, which is a podcast where um, we rank things because I have a compulsive ranking habit. And thank you, Phil Better, for having me on this show. It's very kind of you to have me. You're very welcome. I do like having my uh, European brother in on the show because uh, oh well, there we go sophistication with your accent a um, little bit of cultural diversity yeah there we go um so <laughs> as harry said he loves ranking everything and anything I do. so i love it we're gonna rank directors we both came up with five directors that we mm. decided that we personally like or we admire that's how I went, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's why I did as well. <laughs> not right, not on their personality, but on their works. On their work, okay. So we're gonna start. We're gonna start with our number five. Since you are the guest, sir, I will allow you to go first. Who is your number okay. five director? Now, my number five director. I spent a long time. I sort of had my five, and then spent a long time trying to choose where they would go. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason that these guys are at number five. Well, these guys that that. That already sort of gives away who it is. It, it's the Russo brothers. Oh, okay. okay. So the reason that they're only at number five is because all they've done three films that I absolutely love. All right. But there's there's nothing about those films in the way that they're directed which makes me really feel a certain way, if you know what I mean, yeah. or nothing that I can really pick out and say that's because of great direction. So, I mean, the, the films that they've done, which I absolutely love, is, of course, Captain America Winter Soldier. One of the best. Um, Captain America Civil War, another one of the best, and Infinity War, which, which is up there in my favorite films for me. And uh, it, they, yep, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, please. I mean, all, all three of those films are obviously extremely similar. <laughs> like, they're, yes. they're, they're all MCU movies, they're all, um, they're all to an extent team up movies, and a lot of it is just the action. And I think the only piece in those three films where I've really looked at it and gone, holy christ that is amazing direction and that's really made me feel something is the very end of infinity war yeah i literally because i I, I cried a bit i cried a bit honest to god i cried the second time yeah Uh, it it was just it's so amazing like very big spoiler well spoiler warnings because you never know that (laughs) scene between tony and peter it it oh god yeah like my girlfriend's sitting next to me and she looks over to me and she's like are you actually crying (laughs) the only time i cried was i don't watch it with my girlfriend as well I'm like, no, you're crying. Shut up. Uh. I just have something in my eye. I swear. I swear. Yeah, I, I, popcorn got in there. Um. <sighs> Somehow. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, the, that end of Infinity War, it just like really 
captured that emotion for me. And I've seen this film, what, seven or eight times now? And every single time, it, it's been an emotional scene for me. It's managed to get something out of me, which, which I, I just think goes down to their direction. And like, I don't know how much of a hand they have in the fight choreography or the action scenes. I'm assuming they must have yeah. a fairly large role, at the very least. But throughout all three of those films, those are probably the three best films in terms of action sequences oh, yeah, out of the interview sure. as well. So I, I just think that the Russo brothers work fantastically. Uh, I'm, I'm not rating this on their personality, but I think they're a fantastic face for Marvel alongside Kevin Feige as well. Yeah. And I just, I, I needed, cause, because of how much I love comic book movies, I feel like they're the best comic book movie directors out there at the moment. And uh, they, they deserve to be on my list, even, even though they're only fifth, I feel. Oh, no, I, I have to agree with you. Um, I just actually, before we started this, I was watching a trailer for Deadly Class. Which is their, oh, yeah. their co- another comic book TV series that they're bringing yeah, yeah, yeah. to sci-fi, I believe, and it's mm-hmm. it's they're they're either directing it or they're producing it or they they help create it uh, for the TV, and it's like it's another action story about a kid who goes to this school for misbehaving youth, but they learn the deadly arts, right? And I'm watching Jeez. it, and I'm like, holy shit, this is like this, like you can t- <gasps> it, you it says Russo brothers over it. Just, just by the way, it's it's the trailer is cut. You can feel the Russo's influence on it, just like in um, in uh, their movies. Oh, God, just sorry, I did go out last night, so I am my brain's a bit fuddled. Um, just like uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, uh, that you just get that their action points. Uh, you you it, very similar to the trailer, and then you also have Community, which they directed multiple oh, episodes of. Community is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, I, I love that show. And you you were speaking to Luke uh, previously on your show. Yes. Uh, that uh, Rooster Brothers is going to be doing the Quantum and Woody show, yes. which I think is going to be fantastic. That's something I'm really, really excited for, even though I'm not a big Valiant fan. Yes. But, but you're, it's it's fine. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I read one comic from Valiant, and apparently Luke loves the fact that my friend suggested it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I have to admit, the Russo Brothers... Well, they're not on my top five for me. Mm, I didn't think they would be, but they are—they are amazing directors. And when you watch their action scenes, you feel the action. You feel yeah. like you're right in there, just with their tight camera angles and the way they direct the movie. And you feel the like they—they're able to do that emotional arcs yeah. that are in those movies. They're just really—they're great, and I love that they are one of the faces of Marvel and comic book movies, comic book shows. I'd—I'd mm. I'd like to think that as as directors. They're not the best at anything they do, but I think they're one of the most consistent. Yeah. Because of those three films, there are no points where I'm bored in those films. Everything is good. Everything flows. And while none of it, apart from the end scene in Infinity War, really stands out as like the best thing ever, it's all just so consistent that I can look back at any of that film and think for all of it, yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, it's it's very true. Like Those moments like in the end of uh, Winter Soldier where you have... Uh, the what's his name? The turning around of you're finding out. Wait, which bit you're referring to? Oh, Bucky. No, Robert Redford. Where Robert oh, Redford right, 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 right. comes out and says, "Look, where I'm, I'm Hail Hydra," and you're like that. Just oh, damn. that, just that, that scene, like that period, like mm. time. You're like, wow. You feel the intensity of this moment. You know, this is a huge moment, and they're able to convey those big moments on film yeah. so well with just the way they directed it with the camera movements and all that and i think they have a they they're able to get the people and the actors to do what they need and make it so good yeah yeah yeah. i completely agree uh, they 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 entertain me so right. that's why they're on the list 
That's a great list. I'm actually going with one of your countrymen as my top five. Oh, uh, very interesting. Five. Um, he's also collaborated usually with three uh, great actors and actresses. I'm going with Edgar Wright. Oh, Edgar Wright's on my list as well. Oh. I'll tell you where, though. <laughs> oh, interesting, interesting. Right. Um, okay, yeah. So for me, uh, I first found out about uh, Edgar Wright with Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And I yep. just, it was just, I, I was a Simon Pegg fan beforehand. So why, I, yeah, I'm like, oh, put it on, Shaun of the Dead. I'm like, I'm laughing, I'm enjoying it. And you get a, a nice emotional arc in it with the with the ending with him and Nick Frost, right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then I heard about Hot Fuzz. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs> like, I'm like, this, is, this just looks so good. This is what needs to happen in the action genre. And then I watched it. I died laughing. I loved it. Again, it's a different, it was totally different from Shaun of the Dead. It's pure, like a pure action buddy cop movie. And I like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And I didn't know Edgar Wright so much. It wasn't until like The World's End came out and Scott Pilgrim came out that I'm like, mm. holy shit, this guy is great. So I went back and watched some of his other stuff. And then Baby Driver came out and I'm like, I'm in love. I'm now, just... Baby Driver's the one that I haven't seen. Oh, I don't you... know how. I don't know why, but I haven't seen Baby Driver somehow. It is amazing. It is. It, it looks really good. It's well I need shot. To see it. It's well shot. The music adds so much to it. And there is so little, like there's little Easter eggs everywhere. And you, you mm. wouldn't you wouldn't think of looking for them. They just appear and then oh and they're gone. <laughs> like there like there's a scene where um baby is in getting uh, coffee and in yeah. one scene in the back there's a heart that's black and then he sees he sees darling and falls in love with darling and then it's like so you see darling swips switches back and the heart is red. Just the like the heart is red. Yeah, in the background. Oh, right. So Got it goes it. from black yeah, to you. red and the show he's come to like he's come to fall in love mm. and then there's like just the musical score and the background stuff like everything together just makes it so much better and unfortunately it's a little tainted because of the kevin spacey thing uh but well it, it's still I mean, one of my favorite movies to watch because it's just amazing it's just so good yeah Speak, speak of the Conetto trilogy, because you say Shaun the Dead was the first one. How would you rate those? Like, have you got an order for your favorite to least favorite of just the Cornetto trilogy? So it pretty much is how they came out. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, yep. The World's End. The World's End is a good... I, I enjoyed it. I just think it could have been a bit better. I feel the exact same. My, mine is order release as well. I think Shaun the Dead was fantastic. I think it kicked off all of these zombie films. Yeah. Just like we're trying to copy Shaun the Dead unsuccessfully. Hot Fuzz was such a good follow up to that. And then The World's End was just a good film. And that was about it. Like I think people had higher hopes for yeah. Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and all that. But I mean, it was good. It had a great and cast. That's, that's all I can really say. The cast was really great. Yeah. Uh, just everything. Yeah, I just felt the story could have probably been a bit better, mm. and th that's about it. But I, I think he was just, with everything that was going on, because he was tapped for Ant-Man and the Wasp, I believe. And yeah, Ant-Man at the time, wasn't he? He, was, he actually started it, didn't he? he yeah, he had uh, produced a, a mini clip for it. Uh, he was tapped for it, and then due to creative differences, he stepped away. But they kept the story that yeah. he wrote, and so then you had the uh, replacement can't remember Peyton Reed Peyton Reed which he did a fantastic job yeah but I, I just you could you could feel that it was an Edgar Wright film just with the points of laughter and the com comedic moments in that movie that was a very Peyton Reed moment 
Uh, yeah. Sorry, Edgar Wright uh, film. Edgar, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I have to make sure my fans know. Uh, but <laughs> And then Ant-Man and the Wasp, that I f- you could feel that it was a completely different writer and a director. You felt the difference. I, f- I figure. I feel it personally. So I would have yeah. loved to see him take on. I, I, I'm hoping he gets his own comic book movie soon, either in the DCU uh, Valiant, or even if he's welcome back to Marvel, which I don't think will happen. Well, I mean, he's sort of already had a comic book movie in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes, that's true. That movie... So, And that is one of my favorite films. I, I, I've come to love it. Uh, when I first saw it, I was like, eh, it's okay. I'm not feeling it. And then I, I, I rewatched it uh, a few times, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm getting the brilliance of this movie. Now, you see, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is, is why Edgar Wright is higher up on my list than he is on yours. Because I first saw Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and this is dating me as much younger than you, but I first saw it in cinemas uh, when it came out when I was about 12 years old. God damn, and making me I remember, feel old over here. <laughs> I remember thinking, what, what the hell was that? And I think I went away that day not remembering anything about the film because it was just a bunch of colours to me at the time. Yeah. And then I must have picked it up in, uh, I don't know if you have CEX over there, but it's a British shop where they sell second-hand DVDs. Uh, I picked it up maybe a few years later and I watched it and then I rewatched it and then I rewatched it and I rewatched it like, I don't know, 10 times over the space of a few months. It, it just gripped me every single time. I loved the characters. I loved that the way the story flowed in a way which was different from any other movie at the time. It just, I, this was at a point where I was just getting bored of movies and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World just completely changed that for me. And I, that is because of the way Edgar, Edgar Wright directed that. And yeah, I just love that. And I know we're not mentioning TV, but he also directed Spaced, which is a fantastic comedy series. Yeah, and I'm slowly getting into Space. There's just so much TV, but I've, I've watched a few episodes. I do enjoy Space. Uh, oh, I'd recommend what, it. It's very good. Yeah, but yeah, I have to agree with you. The first time I saw it, it was just like, it's it was so different that it kind of left a for me like a bad taste in my mouth because i'm like i'm not used to not used to all this this is this style this really kind of like i felt like i was reading an anime or a manga or whatever it's however uh, you want to call it and then when upon rewatching i'm like you you start to notice the little things that he does because he always does little things in his movies that just on the first viewing you won't see because you're yeah. just watching, because his movies, I feel are like, they feel like they're big, epic movies, but they're really just small, contained movies. Yeah. And specifically with Scott Pilgrim, because it's a comic book movie, and he goes big with it, so you miss all those little things in the background, and the subtle, subtleness of his art, his artwork when he directs. Yeah, I so agree. He, I, he's just, I, just simply because three of my favorite movies are directed by him and he's just his 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 work is so just great that he is a fantastic director mm-hmm. all right so uh i'm wondering uh what's your number four now i'm very curious to see where he ranks on your list <laughs> i'm like oh uh, i want to see how <laughs> how fucked up i did <laughs> <laughs> okay my number four isn't edgar right okay it is in fact someone else and i think it's someone who if other people made this list I feel like they might have put him higher, although it obviously depends. I feel like there are two different eras of directors, and I've gone for slightly more modern ones, where other people would have gone for older ones. Mm-hmm. My number four is uh, Christopher Nolan. Ooh, very good choice. Very good mm. choice. And now that, that of course, is because of um, five films, uh, three of them being the Dark Knight trilogy, Amazing. which are, of course, very, yep, very famous trilogy, and the other two being Inception, 
which is like one of the most talked about films ever, yeah. I feel. And the fifth being Interstellar. Ooh, very good choices. Very vastly different. Well, uh, Interstellar for me and um, Inception are very mindfucky films. Yeah, that, that, I think that's one of the things about Christopher Nolan is uh, he likes to make things seem clever. Oh yeah, and he does. And it he's really one of the well. direct. Yeah, he's one of the directors who can actually do that well, rather than a director who tries to make things seem really clever and then it just feels like a slap in the face to the audience because it's like, well, how the hell was I supposed to get that or follow that? Mm-hmm. But Christopher Nolan actually explains things in his movies. He manages to make them clever without them having been just stupid. And I feel like he does scale very well as well. Yeah. Like I get a feel for the stakes and the scale of what's going on in a Christopher Nolan film that I don't in others. That's true. I have to agree with you. He he knows how to use everything. Like he's, I would say he his movies are kind of artistic. Like not mm-hmm. not talk not including the Dark Knight trilogy because that's more mainstream I would say but his other yeah. movies they're artistic like those art- artistic directors that try to be too much like oh look at me I'm artistic I'm this is only for the smart people they don't know, they don't understand my artwork these people <laughs> you know they they come in thinking and and he does they those, don't like it because they don't understand it yeah. And he mm. does those types of movies, but he makes it so that everybody can enjoy it. Yeah. I remember the first time watching Inception, and I was just like, just the visuals, the story, and just the levels that it works on. Like, you can watch the movie three times and get three interpretations from it. And yeah, the absolutely. Same, same with, uh, not so much with Interstellar, but you still get that feeling that you watch it, you're going to see things that you didn't see before. Yeah. I mean, well, one thing, um, mostly about Interstellar and Inception, which really impresses me, is the way that he handles uh, multiple stories uh, happening in parallel to each other. Yes. So, if, like Interstellar, it's um, uh, Jesus Christ, I've forgotten what the Christian Bale is. Christian Bale, Interstellar. Hold on, I don't. No, it's so. Matthew McConaughey. It's yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Sorry, what, what the hell am I talking about? You get Matthew McConaughey in space, and then you get his daughter grow up on Earth, and you follow their stories in parallel about what's happening, all leading to an eventual endpoint. Inception, you have all the different layers which he tells all at the same time at points, which I, I just think it's great that he manages to keep so many stories happening in parallel that are all the same story. Yeah. Somehow. And you can follow it like that. Like you're not like thinking about that at the time, but after you come out, you're like, oh wow, these these were two completely different lines I was following at the time. Mm-hmm. No, it's just everything. He just knows how to handle uh, complex stories. Mm. Like if you have a very complex story, you put it in his hands. You don't have to worry. Whereas with some <laughs> other directors, you're like, okay, we're, we need to do this, and then we do this, and this is. He's like, I got you. We're good. <laughs> He's got it. He's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, he would be in my top 10. Like, so many good directors, like, he would be a top 10 director because he comes out with movie. You're like, you're going to be interested because you're like, you know how well he does movies. So Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Tickets are already bought. Let's go. <laughs> he's, he's directing what? Oh, paint paint drying for two hours? I'm going Fantastic. to Fantastic. Sign me up. Yeah. yeah I hope you good know it's going to be yeah. good. So let's, let's, let's watch it. Why aren't we watching it right now? Yeah, no, I completely agree. He he does films fantastically. Uh, I can't, like, I think the Dark Knight trilogy is one of the most different sets of comic book movies, and that's because of the way he approached them as well, in that it, it, he didn't approach it as a comic book movie. 
Yeah, and he actually, I feel, with the Dark Knight trilogy, it brought us into the modern age of comic book movies. Yeah. Because before that, like, you had Sony's Spider-Man. It was still a bit comic book, joking around, cartoonish. Whereas when he came out with the Dark Knight, he's like, we're in reality. This can actually Yeah, they made the characters real. And then everything since then has been more grounded in reality and just with little bits of comic bookness and silliness put into the movie. Like there's slightly mm. like like Iron Man running and like literally kicking a car and hitting a guy. <laughs> like you're like, that can't really happen, but the rest of the movie, there's a possibility of it yeah, happening. Exactly. So they just add that little bit of comic bookness to it. And it's m- mainly thanks to him and how he did the Dark Knight. He's like, look, this is an actual person. He actually went through all this stuff and he never goes over the top with the the ridiculousness. Yes, you have the Joker who is ridiculous. You have Harvey Dent with half his face getting burnt off. Is but he makes re- it real. But he makes it like this could possibly happen. Yeah. So, yeah, he is a fantastic director that you can trust a, if he's going to make a movie, it's going to be a good movie. And even his okay movies are still great compared to other people's great movies. Mm, I agree. I completely agree with that. All right, so I'm going to give my fourth. Um, okay, I'm ready for it. It is, um, uh, he's an older director. Uh, okay. He's mainly known for his 80 movies. Okay. Uh, it's John Hughes. John Hughes. You're going to have to remind me of what he's done because I might be being really thick here. It, it's fine. He was. It was before your time, as we've, <laughs> we've mentioned. Um, we have pr- mentioned. <laughs> oh, Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Planes, trains, right. automobiles. Um, he is the kind of like quintessential, like if you grew up in the 80s, he is yeah, the... Yeah, 16 Candles there as well. Yeah, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink, Weird <sighs> Science. Um, mm. I, If I'm not mistaken, he actually did Home Alone. He only directed... Uh, no. He didn't direct Home Alone, apparently. He It was written, I think. Yeah, he wrote... Yeah, he wrote the Home Alone movies, uh, one and two at least. Oof, he's written a lot of films here. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote Home Alone 3 and 4 as well. Uh, Home Alone Christ. 4, okay. He, Beethoven 5th, Drillbit Taylor. Okay, you got story for that. But yeah, he's he's only directed surprisingly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies. But each one of these movies are just amazing. Um, except for I've never seen She's Having a Baby. Did she have a baby at the end? I, I, I'm guessing she ha- she's having a baby. She did have the baby. What is this? Uh, you Young new weds find out just how impaired paired they are for a future together who's in this kevin bacon and oh elizabeth, and elizabeth mcgovern and alec baldwin well i now need to watch that movie yeah i'm up for that <laughs> um all right but like i the first one i saw was fair fierce ferris bueller's day off that was the yep. first john hughes movie i watched and it's like you're watching and you're like i wish i could do all of this stuff <laughs> like these are things like if i'm calling in sick he goes over and above and i also love that they break the fourth wall with him talking to talking to the audience. It was the first, oh, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. first time I ever saw that. And then following up that, I saw Weird Science, which I was just in love with because they also made a TV show of it. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I thought that was a TV show. It was a, like I saw the TV show and then I found out that it was a movie and I watched the movie and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Way better than the, <laughs> way better than the TV show. And then there was Breakfast Club and then 16 Candles. Like these are movies that like, for me, kind of shaped. I watched it later in later uh, mid nineties. I started watching his movies, but I'm like, holy yeah. shit, that like I can relate to these things and these situations these people are going through. And it's mm. like 
Breakfast Club, they're they're in it's like one scene, like one set, the whole movie, and you get just get these this amazing like just character. It's like pure character for me, and it's not there's no action. It's just you're you're seeing these arcs for each one of these characters, and you're like holy shit! Like this is like they're showing like look, the antisocial bully, the prep boy, the goody two shoes girl, the unassuming quiet girl in the corner they're all similar yet mm. they're they're in vastly different uh places and it's all thanks to detention you know for me it uh i i actually have like i made my list and i'm like okay which one is my favorite movie by them and i have ferris bueller's day off just simply because of how grand of a day it is like it takes yeah. place in 24 hours but it can be like it can take place over a year because of how many things they do and how much they do in that like it just feels so action-packed but there's like barely any action in it so the, the kind of stuff that like when you're that sort of age you're just really really into yes like it, it defines how to do that well yes he does and i feel like with his movies for a lot of the like 90s to early 2000s there's a huge influence of his his style on directors and that, that directed at that time and sh- movies and TV shows uh, that came out during that period just because they grew up with his his movies. Yeah, I imagine there were a lot of copycats of his sort of films, weren't there? Yeah, a lot of directors say, and he's just he's it's so good. It's, he's just so good. <laughs> I mean, like I'm just looking through his the things he's directed, and yeah, like the amount of like big name movies here. Like, even though he hasn't directed any of them, I think uh, maybe five out of the eight that he's directed are all, in my mind, like, what are considered classics. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, his movies are pretty much, like, he. yeah, he directed eight movies, but, like you said, nearly all of them are classic movies that, if you think of a good movie to, that reminds you of your childhood, it's one of these movies. Well, for me, it's childhood. You're still in childhood. Um <laughs> <laughs> for me it's reminding me of my childhood and even though uh they, they started coming out when i was born so i technically is my childhood but like growing up they they are there and they just emulate what i was going through pretty much mm. Jeez, yeah i'm looking as well the big five being 16 candles breakfast club weird science ferris bueller's day off and plane trains and automobiles were all created within the space of three years as well yeah that's insane like, that's insane yeah he just Oh, he's just it's so much goodness and then he, he just went insane for a few years and made this fantastic stuff like literally there's only he did a from 84 to 89 he did a movie a year and then took a yeah. year off he's like i need a break and then came with curly sue which i don't i kind of half remember yes i 91, remember one yeah i remember this movie oh my god oh my god is that good or bad oh my god it's a good one it's okay like, it's so different than his other ones but it's still kind of a childhood movie it's a, a homeless man and his young companion who survived by conning people meet a wo- meet a woman who may need them even more than they need her and i just remember bits of like i the i just saw the poster and i'm like oh my god i remember this movie it's not one of his bigger movies i would say but it still still has a like it's a good like feel good movie i would say okay. watching it yeah, and it has Jim Belushi, and you can't go wrong with a Jim Belushi. Well, yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with that. I mean, the other one has Kevin Bacon as well, so yeah. that's, that's that's another big yes on my part. Yeah. Oh my god. 
Oh my god! I feel like you're getting very nostalgic. Oh, here. I am. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just sitting here, just going back through all his movies, and uh, like literally watch writing this list. I was like, oh, there's this one. I'm like, ah, but is he better than that one? Is he worse than that one? Ah, like I had a this list. This is so weird to you, for you to get nostalgic over a film that came out seven years before I was born. Like this, this is this is, this is a really <laughs> odd moment. I really hate you right now. <laughs> oh man, you're not that much. Oh, so you were in yeah, it's weird, isn't it? 98 <laughs> holy f- fuck mm. man i was i was no i wasn't 18 so you were 98 i was 10 i was th- 13 when you were born jesus Oof. Oof. that's a that's a that's a gap, that is. i hate you Wait, <laughs> I, I just want to make sure my math is correct um so bring up my calculator here uh, 1998 <laughs> minus my date of birth which i'm not yeah i was 13 good my math is still good <laughs> remember how old you are yeah That's i remember how old i was and minus <laughs> it i'm like which is faster do i minus his date of birth from my year of birth or do i do it the inverse i do from his date of birth oh Just got god these numbers flying around your head yeah it's like i, I feel like i'm uh in the uh, hangover when um uh jim gaffigan is it jim gaffigan uh, Hold on. I, I do not know the actors' names apart from Bradley Cooper yeah. <laughs> and Zach Galifianakis. There it is. Zach Galifianakis is like doing the, the math part uh, for the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all the numbers <laughs> are flying around his head. Yeah, that's that's what I felt like for a moment. <laughs> well, that's what that's what happens when you start getting nostalgic about eighties movies. You have to yeah. try and figure out your age, and then it's all a big whew, yeah. You know, I hate you. That's what happens. Fucking young. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on from insulting you about your age, um, <laughs> what is your number three director? Okay, um, my number three director, I feel, won't be on anyone else's list, and not because he's not a big name, because he is a big name. I mean, and I say this isn't based on their person at all, because this guy's currently in the bin, Ooh. unfortunately. Yeah, so, but this is judging purely on the work that he's done, which is going to make me feel weird about saying good things about his work, but <laughs> the things that he's done has made me feel in ways that, like, I can't ignore. And did, he that touch you, did he touch you inappropriately? <laughs> is that where we're going with? Uh, touch my mind. Okay. Uh, okay. But um, I've, I've got to admit, guilty pleasure at the time. <laughs> that, 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 get that out of the way there. Uh, Joss Whedon. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And you weren't expecting that, were you? You know what? When you were saying that he was in the bin, and this, and I'm like, is he going with Whedon? Is he mm. going? Is he going to go? And I'm trying to think of other directors who are kind of in the bin, and I'm like, the only one that's popping up. Yeah, is, there aren't that many of them. They're not, and I'm like, the only one I can think of is Whedon. So okay, um, I have to yeah. agree with you. He, it's a very good choice, and yeah, well, no, I want to hear no, your like- reasoning why. Okay, so I asked you a couple of days ago when we were talking about this list, like, are we just doing movie directors? And you, you said, yeah, we're just going to consider it that. But just, I, I feel like the reason that I think of Joss Whedon to begin with is because of his TV stuff in Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Are like Buffy is one of my favorite TV shows ever. It's something that I've rewatched multiple times and is a show that will always be close to my heart. But we're not talking about that. Instead, there are three movies. I don't know if they're Joss Whedon's only three movies, but out of those three movies, there are two movies which are the reason that he's this high on this list, and ultimately only one of them is the reason that he's number three. So um, the, those three movies are Avengers 1 and 2 and Dr. Horrible's Sing Along Blog, 
with Avengers 2 being sort of just there because it's lucky to be. Uh, Avengers being an amazing film which achieved so much when it first came out. And Dr. Horrible sing-along blog being genuinely one of my favorite films of all time. And I don't know whether you'll have seen it or not. I've seen bits of it. Uh, I'm a okay. huge fan of Neil Patrick Harris and Nathan mm. Fillion, another Canadian. Um, yeah. <laughs> is, it? is Nathan Fillion Canadian? Yes, he is. I did not know that. I'm, wow. uh, we, we brand our people very well. Um, <laughs> when, he, when a good Canadian gets up there, look, we have Justin Bieber, which as much as I dislike his character at some points, is huge Canadian. Celine Dion, one of the greatest Canadians, my friend. You got the two Ryans as well? The, yeah, we got the two Ryans, the Gosling and the Reynolds. Um, mm. And Nathan Fillion, he, if I'm oh. not mistaken, give me a second here. Okay, I'm giving you the second. Yeah. I don't have many seconds, though, so look, this is this is very generous of me. You're very kind, sir. Well, there you go. Uh, he was, he's, an, he's an Albertan, so he's from uh, what we sometimes call our Rednecks province. Um, <laughs> I have family there, okay. I can say it, but he, he, is a, uh, he is from Edmonton. Good Canadian boy. I actually, like you brought up Whedon, I love, he, for me... I, I love his TV stuff a bit more yeah. than I love his um, his uh, movies. But yeah. uh, Avengers 1, full on, changed, changed the genre on its head. Yep. Um, I'm just looking here. The Avengers, Dollhouse, okay. Serenity. I love Serenity because I was a huge uh, Firefly fan. Mm. It, it's worth mentioning as well that he did write and produce Cabin in the Woods. But he didn't direct that one, oh, so I haven't I included love, it. I but that's that. a fantastic film. Yeah, one yeah. of my favorite horrors. Yeah, it it's so good. Um, yeah, he hasn't done a lot of big movies. No, and like like I said, the only reason that like, I mean, Joss Whedon, Christopher Nolan, and uh, the Russo brothers were the three that I was sort of debating where to put them. Joss Whedon could have very easily gone fifth on the list for oh, me. Yeah. But it, it is because of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog that he is third. And it, it's just a movie that, uh, like, again, I've just rewatched and rewatched and rewatched it. The, the thing is, is that I initially had to watch this movie as a dare, as a joke, in, like, secondary school or high school or whatever you talk about it. In the, like, the, the, just, like, the sort of dare things, like, oh, watch this dumb musical movie. And I watched it, and, oh, my goodness, I've, like, it, it is... I've never like enjoyed a movie and had such a spectral of emotions in a movie, which is just ultimately a parody of itself. Yeah. That I, it's 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 just something amazing. And like to to anyone out there, if you haven't seen Doctor Horrible's sing along blog because you think it's just this uh, dumb hour and a half of internet stuff with big names in it, then you're absolutely correct. But you should see it. It it's it's so fun. good. And I, it's fun. It's it's so much fun. But it's it. It's really emotional at the end as well. But I I, uh, I mean, this is one of the reasons that um, LC Comics, uh, Luke, and I absolutely loathe each other because he hates this film. <laughs> he well, he does have strong opinions. He does have strong opinions about certain, yeah. certain movies or certain uh, things. Actually, yeah, I should plug it real quick. I, I co-host LC's Comic Corner with Luke, in fact. And um, those episodes are just us shouting at each other because we disagree with each other so strongly about these things but he hates dr horrible sing-along blog i genuinely think it's one of my favorite films of all time like it's up there i i prefer it to scott pilgrim versus the world i'm i'm comfortable enough in myself to say that hmm. but it, it's it is 
it's up there and it's just and also uh, i have all three avengers films on my director's list now <laughs> in my top five so you know there you go Good slight stuff. slight comic book uh, lover over here um, a li- i'm a little bit of a marvel fanboy i'm i'm willing to admit that yeah and, I, I do I do love a bit of marvel who doesn't they 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 make great movies They're fun there movies. they make great fun movies and even their worst <laughs> movie is still still a good movie and a good time so all all of their films are like pretty good at worst yeah that that's the great thing about the mcu that's what i love about it but yeah joss whedon for me is at number three i can't mention his tv stuff but it it's literally probably just because of dr horrible sing-along blog that he's so high up there all right i'm gonna ask you because because he has such a, a vast work of great tv work what is Apart from, so you're you're saying Buffy is your favorite TV work done by him? Yeah, one hundred percent, hands down. I have to disagree with you. I think Serenity. That was a film, wasn't it? Oh yeah, sorry, uh, Firefly. <laughs> sorry. Okay. For me, I haven't seen Firefly. Oh, I need to, but I'm. It's for the same reason that I haven't seen The Lord of the Rings. It's because I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that moment. I think when I turn twenty-one. I'm going to do a marathon oh, of God, all these films, like The fuck. Godfathers, The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I hate you so much right Bringing now. Bringing it back! Bringing it back! <laughs> you asshole. Oh, God. You but can't yeah, even I, drink I have, You can't even drink in the States. My God. Yeah, that's why I don't live there. Oh, imagine <laughs> makes... not being able to drink. That'd be awful. Oh, God. Yeah, I, that's why they all come up to my city in Montreal <laughs> to drink, and it's like, oh, God, you can't drink. Stop drinking while you're drinking. <laughs> Stop it. You're making a fool uh, of yourself. You know, we uh, this is getting way off topic, but we have a thing over here that um, uh, American twenty-year-olds drink like English fifteen-year-olds because that's how the English way works. So, like with people who go over here, uh, people from England who go over to the USA on a gap year when they're like twenty, yeah. and they're around other twenty-year-olds, and they're just like, Jesus Christ, you guys are acting like you're fourteen and you've never drunk alcohol before. Are you guys all right? Oh, I yeah, know it's it's, uh, it's it's fucking horrible. Like yeah. in. In in Quebec, I'm, I can't say for the rest of Canada. Uh, Quebec, you have to be 18 to legally drink. Yeah, but most people start around like 16, yeah, 15, exactly. 16. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their parents, oh, you can have a glass of wine or you can have a beer. Uh, yeah, I started I very young. I started 16, at two. Yeah. I started at two. Uh, two. Yeah, my dad gave me my, my grandfather gave me my first sip of beer, and it was downhill Party from hard, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually 1989. Uh, no. <laughs> 87 sorry 87 that's ah uh, you started drinking 12 years before i was born <laughs> yeah you weren't even a gl- your were your parents even, have your parents even met by that time uh, i'm not even sure i'll have to check with <laughs> jeez yeah so it was downhill from there i i started putting a little whiskey in my bottle of milk every morning you know and just <laughs> just you no. get off couldn't uh, i went to a at least a dozen times there i'm like fuck it forget it no um but yeah so for us it's around 15 16 uh that you start having a bit more alcohol than normal you you have your first full beer and stuff like that your first shot then 18 you're drinking and by 20 you're done 2021 you're done with the craziness of like going to bars going to clubs getting knocked out drunk and uh acting like a fool and then you're you start you go you grow into your your proper you know a beer a couple beers and you're good and you don't need to get blackout drunk except for mm. those rare occasions you know your birthday or saint patrick's day is a it's a day of buffoonery over here do you celebrate saint patrick's over there yeah we do it's uh montreal Jeez. has the longest consecutive running saint patrick's day parade in north america i think 
I did not know that. Yeah, we've never stopped the parade. Like, I think Boston or New York has the longest, technically, parade, but there are there were periods where they didn't have a parade. We've always had a parade. Damn. Yeah, so, and I I worked in a pub uh, during a St. Patrick's Day, and I, I wanted to kill people. <laughs> That's so weird, because I've never celebrated St. Patrick's Day. Well, you're also British, so could be a reason why. Well, maybe who knows? <laughs> might be, might be a little, you know, it's the Irish kind of celebrating Patrick's Day, not really the Brits. Um, yeah, that's a fair point. I get that. <laughs> yeah, but you come over to uh, come over to Montreal on around St. Patrick's Day. Oh God, it's it's. There's a lot of tomfoolery. A lot of tomfoolery. Yeah. It's so off oh, topic. Geez, how, did, how the hell did we get onto that? Yeah. Uh, Thank you for joining us in the uh, Legal Drinking Age Around the World podcast. Yeah. Uh, where we talk about where, where is good to drink when you're underage. And is it underage <laughs> in your country? Uh, no, we were talking. You you had mentioned Whedon. We had talked. Oh, I hadn't seen Firefly. That was yes, it. that's it. Okay. Yep. And you, you made me feel old because you're only 20. <laughs> Fucking dick. We'll see if I can make you feel old again before the end of the podcast. Oh, I guarantee, I'll make, I'll make, it. I guarantee it. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, for me, I, I watched, uh, Firefly and fell in love with it. Just the characters and mainly it was Nathan Fillion's character. Yeah. I was going to say that's Nathan Fillion as well, isn't it? Yeah. He's just, I just love him as an actor. He's so much fun. Yeah. So Firefly. And then when Serenity came out, I just so much, so enjoyed it. And also you have Alan Tudyk, who's so much fun to watch. He's, yeah. uh, he, and his voice work, uh, is great as well. So what's yeah. he done voice work? Uh, he he was in um, Wreck It Ralph. Oh, really? Yeah, he was the uh, King Cra- uh, King Crazy. There, the Alan. <laughs> there we go. Uh, IMDb. And I hate that they don't have an option of uh, like um, for for this voice acting. Uh, mm. Yeah. So it was in. He's Nosemore, King Nosewar. He was in Big Hero Six. Uh, oh, that little Disney animation. Yeah, uh, American Dad. Uh, he was K2SO. Oh, really? In, yeah, in uh, in Star Wars, uh, in uh, Rogue One. Oh, um, mad. He played the Green Arrow in the video game Injustice, Adventure Time. Okay, yeah. I, I am familiar with him then, yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot of... Uh, oh, he was in Moana. Cool. Didn't know that. I have to I watch that movie. I am Moana! <laughs> yeah, good film. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was in Zootopia. Yeah, he's... Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. I, just, I, did, I didn't expect to go that high and it, it didn't agree with me <laughs> at all. So I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> never go too high for yourself. Um, yeah, never so, go too high. Yeah, it's uh, he. So Serenity and uh, Firefly for me were gifts. And of course, yeah. he's a great TV director, but he also does great uh, movies. And yeah, yeah, so. He just doesn't do great uh, marriage. Yeah, so no, no. He's, personal life, not the greatest, but put him in a movie. Yeah. He's great. Uh, yeah, so, exactly. So Josh, anyway, what is your what is your number three? My number better? three is is a fellow Quebecer, um, Monsieur Denis Villeneuve. Or how, how in the hell do you spell that? Uh, so, Ville, which is V I L L E, and then Neuve, which is N E U V E. N E U V E. That is very French. Yes. Well, he comes from a place <laughs> called Trois Rivières or Three Rivers. If you're an Anglophone in Quebec, you know. And uh, my friends, like we don't we we say it properly here in Quebec. It's three three Trois Rivières, Quebec, Canada. And, uh, oh my God! Yes, this is my Quebecer accent. <laughs> I I know you enjoy it greatly, my friend. Um, oh, this is very weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I, okay, I've, I've just looked him up, and I'm seeing 
quite a few very famous films that I've not seen. Oh, so yeah. This is fun. He, uh, <laughs> I first, um, so there's a movie that he did called Polytechnique. Um, yeah. In 2009. Uh, this is when I became aware of him. So in Canada, we haven't had big school shootings. Mm-hmm. But we've had a few of them. Uh, yeah, the, very the, close to the American border, you tend to have them, don't you? Well, no, actually, in Quebec, we've had like two big ones. We had one okay. at École Tec- Polytechnique, which is like Polytechnic. Uh, I can't even think of the translation, but it's like a, it's a school, I, co- I, it's somewhat engineer type schooling. School I think they're called Polytechnic schools over here as well. Yeah, so it's yeah. like you're you're specializing in certain things, and uh, a guy who got like didn't get in because of women or there was something regarding women and he went and mm-hmm. he shot i th- I believe 16 oh, women in 1989 yeah uh and it was one of the biggest things that happened in quebec and it's one of those things that like a school shooting happens changing changing in laws happen instantly like w- unlike in our brethren south of us <laughs> Well, nothing some, seems to happen ever. Yeah, we mm. there was a lot. I believe it was like with handguns and a shotgun, if I'm not mistaken. Post secondary institution focused primarily in engineering. Uh, they didn't. They don't say what he used, but there was a lot of like laws changed due to it. So I had watched yeah. that because um, I actually I graduated. In, yeah, so it was after I graduated. Uh, doing math again feeling old (laughs) i didn't even do it that time (laughs) no i did it to myself um but i watched it and it's like because because it's like everybody knows about this incident like it's something that every year on the anniversary there's there the news talks about it people talk about it there's it it just it's something huge and there's also what we call uh, what happened later on with the dawson shooting so dawson is uh what we we have something called cjept here in quebec which yeah. is just before university. So it's like two-year programs usually. And you can get your CGIP degree and you're good. You don't have to go to uh, university. Or you can go to university and con- continue on and get more. Okay. So if you're, it's usually, so our, we go until grade 11 in our s- secondary school or high okay. school. And then most of the rest of Canada have like, I think they have grade 12 and 13. They don't have 13 anymore. They just have 12. So we don't have a grade 12. We have CGIP. And then CGIPT, you can go to university. So if you're coming outside of, uh, like in Ontario, you go straight in, You can go straight into university, whereas we have that. You need to do CGIPT before you can go to university outside of Quebec. Right. So, because you need that grade 12, in essence. Dawson is our well, CGIPT in the, like, in the heart of Montreal. Like, it's literally uh, by w- what we call the old forum, which is where the Montreal Canadiens, the greatest hockey team in existence played for a long <laughs> long period of time until they moved to the new thing and it's like it's v- a very somewhat commercial industry and a guy went in and had another school shooting and Jeez. luckily uh, luckily i'm using air quotes unfortunately only one person died and he killed himself after getting wounded but it was it was one of the most it was a big shooting like this shooting happened like it's like across canada knows about it everyone knows what's going Just- on what's happening yeah, just just to say, I think it's fantastic that well, not fantastic, but like you you see what I mean. That in Canada, one of the biggest shootings ever, where only one person died, is like known as that. Whereas in America, you have so many every year that aren't even talked about. Yeah, because there are so many awful ones. Yeah, it's <sighs> it's it's insane. Like when there is a shooting in Canada, 
specifically in a school, <laughs> it's it's known right away. And we don't have yeah. many uh, school shootings, luckily, because we do have, like in England, we have tight gun control laws. Yeah, a gun's legal over there. You have to remind me. Um, certain guns are. So there was right. a shooting in Toronto that they're gonna. there's probably going to be a law change that handguns are going to become illegal. Okay. Our, one of our liberal governments tried to implement the gun registry law a gun registry a list pretty much of everybody everybody who owns the gun you have to be on this list right it was debated by our conservatives and not to get political they they've they removed it but in canada you're you have to do a test to get a gun license and then you have to go get you have to get your you can get your gun so it's so they're they're still legal but a lot stricter than the us yeah like automatic weapons you can't get you're looking at yeah. hunting rifles, shotguns. Those are and shotguns are like people like in my where I live. You can't. Uh, I live in Montreal. There's no one really has a gun except for uh, except for cops. Like it's rare you'll find anybody but a cop having a gun on them. And there's no. See, this, this is all. It's all so surreal to me because in in England and the UK, like even the police don't have guns apart from in very special scenarios. Like yeah. they they're just like. There's no uh, gray to it. It's just black and white. Yeah, there are no guns. That's it. So I find that whenever we have the big debates in America, I, I just find it really weird. Do you know what I mean? I mean, maybe that's just because I grew up without them. But I don't know. I grew up like where I grew up is a is a small town just north of Montreal, like like a thirty minute drive from Montreal. And for me, mm. I it's a sub for me. It's a, I consider it a suburb pretty much. And no one has guns. Like I. I've yet to hold an actual physical gun in my life. Oh, really? Yeah, I've I've held BB guns, I've held paintball markers, but an actual physical gun I've yet to hold because see that's weird because I'm in England where we don't have any at all, and I've gone to shooting range and fired one. Well, because to go and to how a, much how much younger am I? Am I? <laughs> can you, can you, can you in, just, just just remind me again? I believe <laughs> you. You can't even legally drink in most places in the world, so. It sucks to be you. <laughs> sucks I, to I be I had you. to throw it in there. I oh, had yeah. to get more. Yeah, you, you just keep throwing that in, you son of a... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so in for for us, uh, to go shoot a gun, you actually need to have someone who has a gun license to right. go to a shooting range. Unless I go down to the States where I don't need anyone. I can walk in and get a uh, go to a shooting range. Yeah. But I've I've wanted to, but like getting finding a shooting range where I can go without a licensed uh, gun owner is hard. Yeah, I, I had to undergo a safety test, everything like that. I had to be registered for it. I, I was a part of the um, one one of these military cadet type things okay. at the time with them. I didn't just go to a shooting range myself and do it. Like so, I did it through a military cadet program. See, that's so that doesn't really count. It doesn't count because well, it, it was part of the count, military. But... It was part of the military. <laughs> if you weren't part of the military, would you have shot a gun? I, I would not have no. There, there we go. So <laughs> fuck you, you goddamn you're fucking British. Jesus, I'm gonna oh. just end this episode here. We're not doing the final two. Screw that. We're done. No, no more. We need the final two. You can't leave these people in tension. Please Fine. go better. Please. Fine. So yes, oh. um, as going back to my original point, I saw Polytechnic. <laughs> just the way he crafted the story, because it is an emotional story. It it hit, and then when he did uh, Sicario. I was like, holy fuck, this is a visceral movie. And then you had Arrival. I have yet to see see the Blade Runner 2049, but 
Oh, really? I, I thought it would have been one of the reasons it was up there. No, it's actually Sicario and Polytechnic were the reasons okay. why I put him so high because both stories are such a visceral story to be told. Yeah. And just the way he handles it and just the action in Sicario, the the emotional connection to Polytechnic, th- those are really the reasons why I put him up there in the top three for me. That makes sense. I get that. I mean, having not seen any of those films, I can't discuss too fully yeah. with you, but... Have you seen I Arrival? Mean, I've not seen Arrival, but it's one that I actually really want to. It, it is a it's a Nolan esque mindfuck, but he it handles it just like, it. like Nolan because he plays it's inter, it's like Interstellar because there's multiple timelines in it. Mm. So you watch it, you're you're going to be confused until the end. But it, <laughs> once you hit the end, everything else makes like it comes full circle, and you're like, oh my god, this is brilliant! Like it's a brilliant story, and it's well directed. To be honest, I've just had my fingers crossed that Arrival will come out on Netflix at some point soon. And uh, I'm not sure if it will, but I'm just really hoping it does. I think it's it came been out, out on, long enough now. I think it came out on the Canadian Netflix. You lucky, man. Oh, of course. We I'm get lucky. nothing on British Netflix. Hey, you guys have like all the films for everything. Listen, for the longest time, we had Asian films on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> we still I still have a lot of Asian and Indian uh yeah, indie Indian films like Bollywood films on my Netflix. Are we talking Asian Indian films here? Now? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Go yeah. you. <laughs> not not First Nations. Um, it's weird to talk across the pond using the word Indian. I do. Yes. <laughs> but gets like, lost. Like for a long time, we didn't have anything, and we're like, "Why am I even paying ten dollars for this? <laughs> Why?" Oh, that's so. fair. So, so I understand. I understand your pain when it comes to <laughs> Netflix not having certain movies. Mm. God. Yeah, I'll always Google what's on Netflix this month, and there'll be a big list of like, oh wow, this is all so cool on US Netflix. But like, damn it! Yeah, I, I literally, I so I follow Netflix Canada specifically, so when they do that, they drop their YouTube channel, YouTube stuff, <laughs> so I can know because I'm not watching because I, I I Google movie news and stuff like that, and they're like, oh, dropping on Netflix. I'm like, cool. I'm like, wait, that's already on Canadian Netflix. That's already on Canadian. <laughs> Just because of the US stuff. Fuck. I, I got terrified about a couple months ago because, uh, do you know a show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. Yeah, that all of that is on the UK Netflix. And I was about halfway through watching it and it had become like, I love this show by that point. Yeah. And uh, I saw this article saying It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia being removed from Netflix in like one week's time. And I was like, oh my God, no. So I binge watched the rest of it within that one week oh, only God. to find out it was being removed from the US and it's still on the UK to this day. <laughs> so I, I spent so much time just trying to binge watch this Always Sunny, but it was all fine. So yeah. happy endings. Happy ending for you, but like <laughs> <laughs> stress for the first couple of days. Mm, absolutely but that's how movies work they have, a, mm. they have a middle low point and then it's a happy ending and uh you know my life is a movie there we go <laughs> oh oh <laughs> your young life is a movie okay my young life is a movie i can carry a franchise i've got <laughs> enough years in me left <laughs> <laughs> you can you can be the next tom holland we'll replace tom holland with you oh uh living in the same country and tom holland is truly a blessing i'll tell you that now well i got just bo- knowing that he lives nearby he's like oh that, that's nice. I got both Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Gosling and Ryan Reynolds, so I'm I'm good with that. I got the singer right, and I got De- uh, Deadpool, so I'm good. <laughs> well, we'll 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 consider that a fair trade, all right? Very fair trade. Um, all right, let's go to your number two. My number two is Edgar Wright. So oh, it, it is Edgar Wright sitting there at number two. Didn't quite make it to number one. 
And uh, that's because my number one director was always going to be my number one director. Okay. We'll, we'll get on to into a bit. How much do you want to discuss, Edgar? Or do you just want to move on to your well, number two? Since, since we sort of went over everything. Yeah, we kind of went over. Uh, you mentioned, what, just just a recap, what was your number, like, movie for Edgar Wright that just stands out in your mind? Well, for me, like, like I was saying, it's Scott Pilgrim. And okay. I understand that Scott Pilgrim is a polarizing film for some people. Yeah. In that a lot of people really like, weren't a massive fan. But a lot of people really, really loved it. I mean, it, it's it's a bit of movie Marmite in a way. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm one of the ones who absolutely loved it. And then, of course, the Cornetto trilogy, notably being um, <sighs> Shaun the Dead and Hot Fuzz, being two of the best comedy films. Uh, he's, he's an amazing comedy director. And he does action really well in those comedies. And I think Edgar Wright is a fantastic director. And I need to see Baby Driver. And I'm ashamed of myself for having not seen it. It's on Canadian Netflix. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> just going to stuck that, that in there. right in there. I'm going to check my Netflix real quick. Because I really don't think it is. But I'm just going to double, double check. check I'm going to double check as well. Because I'm pretty sure uh, I watch no, it on Netflix. I got Fast and Furious 6, though. I watched oh, that recently. There's that like, is terrible. Oh, but it's so much fun. <laughs> I love it, but it's terrible. Oh, yeah. Baby Driver. Arrival's oh, it's not well. on anymore. Damn it. Ha! 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 But Jeez, I have man. Drive, so fuck off. And John Wick. And him I've got butt. John Wick, actually. Oh, you John do? John Wick is fantastic. I love a bit of John Wick. Oh, such an amazing movie. Such a good film. Second it's, one was good as well. Yes. Uh, the first one was filmed uh, in Montreal. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a scene where that. he's driving in the car, and he literally turns turns down a road and what's really funny i saw it in theaters and he passes a movie theater it's the exact movie theater i was in you serious yeah and i'm like oh Oh, that's like you're sitting in the movie and you're like okay i recognize that building holy fuck that's us (laughs) everybody there was a gas in the theater when he passed that uh that building like (gasps) and then it's it's gone yeah but also we also have keanu reeves keanu reeves is canadian is he yes i'm a i'm like certain i had no idea yeah he is I believe he's in ontario uh from out hawaii where is he yeah he's canadian canadian citizenship oh uh, technically he was born in beirut uh where is that Lebanon. <laughs> oh but, wow okay father was hawaiian of british and portuguese i'm pretty sure he's canadian yeah it says canadian citizenship on his wiki yeah he he, he lived in toronto oh mad 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 yeah so yeah so he's well he is also he also is british his mom's uh, originally from England. Oh, mad! So uh, we can we we'll share him. Oh, okay, but that's fair. That's we'll fair. Share, and it's Keanu Reeves, so it's not. You're I'd not. love a bit of Keanu Reeves. Can I have the left half? <laughs> sure, I'll get the right. You get the left. We're all happy. We'll split right, him down cool. the middle. I feel like he usually wears his hair slightly higher on the left, so yeah. I'm I'm happy with that. Right. How many tangents have we gone on this episode? I feel like more than you normally do. Yes, in your more, there's a lot more tangents, which I, I enjoy because it just adds to, to the awesomeness that is the Feel Better show. And also, it's, it's going to be absolutely. great when we when, uh, when they go listen to the rank list of everything, because I'm pretty sure oh, we're yes. going to do tangents. I know I'm at least going to do on a, a huge tangent on for oh, one of Oh, you go on planned. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a tangent. Oh, nice. A right, kind okay. of half-tangent episode of Comic-Con, so... My Comic Con oh. break d- breakdown. So yeah, all right. So I'm gonna go on with my second, my top, yep, go for top, it. and I'm going with the great and talented Martin Scorsese. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Okay, hold on. Before you go anywhere into it, is there a single film that you could say why? <sighs> you're you're hurting me <laughs> here. <laughs> um, I I would have to say Goodfellas. Okay, right. That's a good choice. I think. 
it's an earlier one of his works. It's it was before you were born, um, so I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I've seen Goodfellas. I can't remember a huge amount about it because I was quite young. Yeah, yeah, you are a young one, so it's understandable. <laughs> God, he's directed a lot of films. Oh yeah, 60, 61 films. Whew. Yeah, that is. But that is some. Every single one of his movies that you watch. Oh well, there's also some documentaries and television series in there. Um, and he directed Bad by Michael Jackson. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. That's a great <laughs> one. Mud. But he just, just like there's like there's Casino. Like he, when yeah. you want a a movie about gangsterism. You go to Scorsese. You yeah. know it's going to be a good like The Departed. I have a soft spot. I so I have a soft spot for Boston, even though yeah. I'm supposed to hate Boston and Toronto <laughs> just simply because of hockey. Okay. I hate their hockey team. Love their city. Their city's uh, a gorgeous city. I've been twice, and it's just uh, it's. I've had so much fun there. I even went during a hockey game during the mm. uh, the playoffs, which is even stupider of me, but. <laughs> <laughs> wearing a bright red Habs jersey in the sea of black and gold. Is, is that doesn't n- sound safe. <laughs> it, 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 no, it's like um, take your two biggest rivalries in uh, football for you and take one person, put them in the other town wearing their jersey. And <laughs> that's what it was like. Uh, I didn't die, obviously, uh, but it was... Uh, it was fun. I made some good friends in Boston, so I have I have a safety there. But I uh, <laughs> I love their city. It reminds me a lot of Montreal because it has uh, a mix of the old and the new. I'm at- Whereas in Toronto, it's like all new. They're like tearing down the old and just putting up new stuff. So for me, Toronto is more New York style, and Montreal yeah. and Boston have a bit of that flair of the old old country. You know, England. And yeah, yeah. That. So you you get a flair of that. You get that taste of the European. But Montreal is more European. Because we speak French, I say. <laughs> well, uh, you would be that, wouldn't you? Yeah, we have to be that. But like, like you have Goodfellas, you have Gangs of New York, you have The Departed. Like, he just makes such great movie. I'm really looking forward to The Irishman uh, about the uh, the Irish American uh, con- contract killer for the mob, and he's mm. also producing the next Joker movie. Uh, wait, really? If I'm not mistaken, is it Scorsese? Yeah, the I've one. Got no idea. Yeah, the one with what's his name, Joaquin Phoenix, and the I believe it's the Hangover director is directing it. Um, give me a second. I, I don't know much about the upcoming Joker film. I saw an article about it once, and I was like, as long as it doesn't contain Jared Leto, I'll watch it. But that was it. Yeah, Joaquin quickly Phoenix. as well. You you've gone through all these things that Martin Scorsese has done. Martin Scorsese has done. You've not yet mentioned Taxi Driver. D- to be honest, I have I have not seen Taxi Driver. You've not seen Taxi Driver? No. It's the one movie wow. I have not seen of him. Wow. I mean, I haven't seen Baby Driver, so I can't talk too much, I suppose. And that was uh, my he, number two as well. Like, if you look at it, there's like, he has so many great movies that it's it's hard to like just, I, I want to see Taxi Driver because I've seen bits of Taxi Driver. Uh, are you, you talking to me? You talking to you, me? You talking to me? You talking to me? I'm walking here. I'm walking. Like, I'm walking here. Oh, I love a bit of De Niro. Uh, De Niro, like him and De Niro in a movie, you know it's gold. It's good. Right oh, there. absolutely, yeah. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Irishman has De Niro. Yeah, a mob hitman recalls his possible involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> so yeah, you have De Niro, you have Pacino, two great Ooh. legends, Harvey Keitel. Absolutely. Oh, you have Harvey Keitel in this. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm just looking at the cast list. And oh, Dominic Lambores. Oh God, another really Italian name. <laughs> Fuck. They just add. Bob Pittman recalls his proof possible involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, and Pacino's playing uh, Hoffa. Oh my God, that's amazing. Ooh. 
Oh yeah, no, I I'm I'm looking so forward to this that movie. Anytime I hear that he's going to be he's attached to a movie, just like Villeneuve and Wright and uh, Nolan, it's like it's an automatic buy. It's an automatic yeah. buy because you know you're going to enjoy it. You and know. it's one that you'll at least hear about, you know? Yeah. You're yeah. going to hear about when it's announced and you're going to know all about when it's in cinemas and that's all you're going to hear about for a while because those are the circles you're in. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, so he, he just, every, I feel like he's very consistent and he gets the best mm. out of his uh, his actors and he doesn't have to do yeah. much. He doesn't have to do much. You just feel like it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, mm. so that's I, my number two. I, from what I've seen of Scorsese, I completely agree with you. I don't think he's had a movie that's bad. But just I'm I haven't just seen look- a bad Scorsese movie, but I haven't seen as many Scorsese movies either. I think the probably the one that's probably the least popular is his movie Hugo. But even then, it's more of a kids movie. So and that's not really in his wheelhouse because he usually does very adult recording films. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at the IMBD page for this now, and this this does not look like a Scorsese film no. at all. I think he just tried his hand at... Oh, it's about an orphan boy. That's, that's close enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's the most <laughs> close to a Scorsese film you're getting. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, so for me, it's uh, yeah, just... I. He, it, it, there's so much good... Like, you, you walk into a Scorsese film, you're not going to be entertained. You know it's going to be a fun movie. Uh, mm. Well, not fun, quote-unquote, as uh, like, oh, this is so much fun. It's so light and f- fluffy. But <laughs> fun as in you're going to be entertained or at least be enthralled and captivated by his movies. Yeah, no, I completely agree. All right, we're moving on to your number one, number one movie director. Wow, so that is you who does the voice at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of different voices. Wow, yeah, that that hit me out of nowhere. Wow, okay. If you want, um, we can talk like this for the whole time that's left. Oh my God, what voice was that? I don't know, it's my, uh, like, my, my Elmer Whisk voice. That's the voice of someone who's just done a hell of a lot of drugs and is then cutting your face off at the time. That's, that's, oh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> All yeah. right. Okay. Um, my number one director, mm-hmm. I don't think that you or anyone else who knows me will guess. Okay. I'm not even going to I don't guess. think many other people will put it at the top either because um, he's only done three feature films. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I've only seen two of them. Okay. Uh, the third one is quite old, and I can't find anywhere. I can't even find a full version online. I mean, I haven't, I've been having Shit. to watch little YouTube clips every here and there. That I can't even find a YouTube review on it. That's how small this wow. third feature film was. That was the first one. Uh, his name is Damien Chazelle. Now, you, you can, if you don't recognize that, that's absolutely fine. But do you recognize that name? God, no. Hold on. <laughs> Ding. You'll know the films that he's done. You'll know the two films that I've seen, which are both. How do you They're spell sim- his last name? <laughs> um, uh, C-H-A-Z. C-H-A-Z. E-L-L-E. E-L-L. Oh, there we go. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Okay. He's done six movies. Oh, well, no, he has... Uh, he's sorry, done he has three features. Three features, yeah. Oh, Actually, God. let me double check that real quick. No, no, you're right. I have his IDMD. He's he's. Oh, okay. He also has a one. He has one that's coming out, and then he has a TV yeah. series. That's why I said six. And then there's the short that's part of. Wow. Oh my yep. God. So uh, the two big films, uh, listeners, which he's directed, which is the reason that he's top on my list, and like it, it's because not necessarily that these are the best films ever, but the way they're directed is the most powerful direction that I've seen in films and the most that uh, like uh, the way of direction has made me feel. 
And those two films are La La Land and Whiplash. He also wrote both as well. Yeah. And it, it just, to, to sum it up in a sentence, he makes the lowest stake scenarios feel so incredibly tense. And I've never cared more about an inconsequential outcome of a film ever. Like, I, I've, I don't think I've cared more than for these characters in these films, like, than in any other. And it just really, really hits me. I mean, have you seen both these films? Or? I have not seen La La Land because I'm not a big fan of musicals. That's fair. Uh, I've seen Whiplash and it's he gets the most out of his performers. Whiplash, even though it's just a film about someone like learning to drum, wanting to be a really good drummer is terrifying. Yeah. Like there's never any danger. Well, uh, well, there are danger at points you don't expect, but for the most part, there are long, drawn-out sequences where there's no danger whatsoever, but you're terrified watching it because you know what's going to happen and you feel what that kid is feeling and you keep telling him, like, stop, just stop doing this. You could just walk away from this, but he keeps going and you understand why. And it's oh, it just the way that he does it with the lighting and the cameras and the drawn-out sequences. He doesn't cut fast. He lets you just hang on to those painful moments and it's just insane for me and I, it's one of the best uh pieces that miles tellers has ever done i think it's the best thing that miles teller mm. has ever done to be perfectly honest um because i haven't liked him in anything else <laughs> well he was in uh he was in war dogs wasn't he give me a second i believe i'm he, not sure uh he's going to be in top Gun maverick the other two things yeah, that I'm familiar in, with it being in is Fant Four Stick and Ready Player One. He so. was in War Dogs, which is a, a relatively funny, good movie. Uh, okay. He was in the Insurgent uh, movies or Divergent yeah. series. Uh, nah. Um, 21 and Over, watch that. Project X, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Again, these are probably movies way earlier than yours. Um, yeah, no. I've only seen three Miles Teller films. I so. would suggest seeing Project X. It's about um you heard about the australian kid who throws a huge party and like yes the cops yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the project x is based off that i'm mad oh yeah it's it's hilarious there's it's a good f- funny movie but at the same time you're like what the fuck <laughs> um, but but yeah when it comes down to it damien chazelle not necessarily because he's done the best films but his style of directing i find more powerful and more like present in his films than any other directors and granted that's probably because he does a very particular type of film but oh he's he canadian too. is he he's uh american canadian oh mad all the canadians in this episode he's actually french canadian oh very nice yeah so i'll, I'll claim him <laughs> you, 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 i mean you can have him but uh he's he's number one on my list and uh i'm i i can't imagine any other director who could be at the top of my list for me personally I, I will say very good choice. Um, <laughs> not seeing La La Land, but he has written uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is a, a like a like a gripping. Did movie. he write that? Yeah, he he did the screenplay. Wow, that ex- yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he he did the screenplay for Guy and Madeleine on a Park Bench, which is the one that you haven't. That was the other one he directed. Yeah, I've seen clips of it on YouTube, and from what I've seen, it's very much like his Chazelle style, and I love it. I wish I could see the whole thing, but I've not yet found a way to legally do that. I may have to break in at some point, but... Get a dodgy box. Know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Last, Ex- Last Exorcism Part 2. 
Grand Piano, Whiplash, Cloverfield Lane, La La Land, and then he has an Apple TV project that's been announced. Ooh. Yes. Very nice. Yes. No, I would... I, I am fine with... Well, obviously, I'm fine with it because it's your choice. It's not mine. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would like to see what he could do with a, a somewhat bigger budget movie yeah. and see what he can uh, can make out of that. But La La Land was somewhat of a bigger budget because you did have Emma Stone and Gosling in it. So The goose, yeah. Yeah, but I would love to see him do like a... I, I, I think he would, if he stays in his uh, quote-unquote lane, uh, movies that don't have high, high, like high... Like personal stories. Yeah, personal stories. I would love to see him do uh, maybe a bit bigger, grand uh, personal story. I'm going to go for my number one. My number one movie right. um, is uh, director. Sorry, is Kevin Smith. Yep. Ke- I should have expected that. Yeah. I should have expected that, but it took me straight by surprise. Yeah. I'm. I just he. So the first time I fell in love with Kevin Smith was watching Clerks. And just okay, he writes people so for me so real. Mm, I remember you playing that clip of the Kevin Smith film where he was talking about the girl that he dumped. Yeah, chasing you, just saying how that was so powerful for you. Yeah, it, it's like watching watching his uh, his ask you view uh, ask view uh, universe films. Um, just like everything is so personal, I find with those types mm. of movies um obviously he gets a bit crazier with uh jay and silent bob strike back yeah but and dogma 2 is kind of like breaking somewhat of the mold but it still feels personable but his clerks his mall and chasing amy i just feel like it's his cornetal trilogy i would say because he oh, yeah. just it's just everyone's connected and you just feel connected to the characters and understanding because everybody's gone through certain things like that everybody's worked at a job they hated and had relationship problems and yeah Mallrats is similar but in a different setting and chasing amy is just like killing and i think he gets the best probably one of ben affleck's best movies is chasing amy it's just so yeah he's it's so real and then he he flips his flips it and tries something really crazy like red state which is like completely back to his independent days as an independent mm. uh, director and movie guy and also because he loves canada so much so i i love him for that but is he canadian or is he american? no he's american he's from jersey uh right but he just has so much love for canada specifically for degrassi <laughs> so uh but like red state just watching red state you're like holy shit this is an action movie and it's kevin smith who's known for being a stoner you know a fat stoner he does yeah. he does red state and you're like holy shit like cop out unfortunately is a horrible movie but it's not his fault um Who, whose fault would you say that is it's bruce willis <laughs> it's bruce willis's fault um if you've read anything uh, if you've heard about his uh his incidents on this set of cop out he's talked about it numerous times uh, about how bad it was to direct bruce willis so like it kind of puts me taints some of bruce willis's stuff but it his earlier stuff he doesn't seem like an asshole so I'm going to let it go. And then he goes, he does a horror movie in Tusk. Yeah, he's done a lot of different like, genres, hasn't he? Yeah, he's like Edgar Wright. He, he likes to try different things. So mm. I'm, I'm, and he's now killing it. I would love for him to get his, his own superhero movie. And he did tweet out something massive. Uh, yeah, recently. I think he will. I, I have a feeling he may, they may be giving him uh, the, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. 
I think they might, but I still think that James Gunn is still going to direct Volume 3. You like, think? I think something's going to... I Yeah, I was talking with Luke LC Comics with this, and I really do think that James Gunn is probably going to come back for it. Okay. Um, I mean, it, uh, it's a weird me. one. I also, I also feel like I can't comment on this because I technically work for Disney at the moment, so I don't really want to... Oh get too much into it so we're gonna uh, just stop that right there and uh, move on to something else i don't want you fired because disney pays me so no this is this, this is all speculation i don't know anything about it on the inside but i i think he might come back okay uh and of course talking about kevin smith uh, he also directed that amazing tweet from about 10 years ago yes the most epic <laughs> tweet of time that uh, and i have to like you have to give it to him like he he hooked up like with an amazingly beautiful woman and is still married to her, has a, a, and allowed, not allowed him, but was okay with naming their daughter after a comic book character. What's her daughter called? Um, oh my God, Harley Quinn. Really? Yes. His wife oh allowed- I hope she doesn't grow up to be a stripper. No, she's an actress. What? She grown up? She is, okay, hold on. She was in- uh, In my mind, Kevin Smith just got married, gave birth, named his daughter, and his daughter grew up to be an actress in the space of about a minute. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of got whiplash here. So Yogi Hosers, his a Canadian movie. Okay. Um, Harley Quinn Smith. Jeez. Yeah, she is, she's probably around your age, actually. She was born in 1999, so you're, you're a year older than her. Oh, mad. <laughs> okay, and yeah, he, he tells the story um, in, I think, in one of his books or on one of his uh, Ask Kevin Smith uh, things he did early, earlier in the, like the early 2000s, where he, um, he wanted, he was with her, uh, with his wife, Jen, and they were, they were pregnant and she's like, okay, we have to come up with a name. And he's like, look, I really want to name her Harley Quinn. And she's like, that's a comic book character. He's like, I know gives her a few comic books about Harley Quinn. As she's in the bath, she reads it. She comes, she comes out of the bath um, and goes, yes, we're naming her Harley Quinn. That's a mad story. Yeah. Like how, not only does he have a gorgeous wife, he gets the, she's so cool that he gets the name, the child, his daughter after a comic book character. Getting a bit jealous there, are you? Very jealous. I do not think my <laughs> girlfriend, Liana, will allow me to name our daughter or son after a, well, yeah, after a comic book character or anything like that. So, Well, maybe, could, could you do one of those really cheesy things where you put a picture of yourself like, on Facebook and say, like, if I get 10,000 likes, <laughs> then we can name our daughter Harley Quinn. I could and try then she's that. Legally obliged. Oh, like, yeah. that's the law. She like, will stab out, me. Yeah. She will stab me. <laughs> she has no qualms about it. She's like, I will break up with you, or I will stab you. You, you get to choose which, which, which is worse for you. And I, actually, I'm pretty sure stabbing would be the less worse out of the two. Because I, I'm well, very I lucky. Like, I think I pulled a Kevin Smith and um, <laughs> landed way outside my league. Like horribly. Oh, like I took a in basketball like i'm at all the way i'm not even doing a half court shot i'm on the other end of the court trying to get it in and i sunk it and like that's a one sitting outside the stadium yeah yeah, just full on (laughs) through the window and it's in i'm like i don't understand how i landed her um but i'm happy that i did but yeah kevin smith for me not only is he he's a comment he's like an everyday guy and he's like you know what i'm going after my passion and he just puts himself in huge ridiculous debt to do clerks and then it just blows up and creates his career and he's like he even says himself he's like i have a career out of um out of 
doing nothing. Like I don't understand how I have a career. And thanks to <laughs> him, I actually got into podcasting because of him oh, and of Claire Tony's uh, Just Make a Thing from the Planet Broadcasting, which is how we mm-hmm. know each other. Um, <laughs> because of because of those two people, I really got into the the the, the world of podcasting. That's mad, man. And my one claim Wait. claim to fame is he did like one of my tweets that I tweeted at him. So, what? Yes, it was. Um, That's he, insane. He was doing one of his podcasts and he was talking about directing or uh, clerks and it got me wanting to direct. So I tweeted at him and he liked it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. My other. Oh, f- I found that, 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 it's just amazing when a celebrity will like, like your tweet. That's only ever happened to me once. And it happened with George Watsky, who's like, hardly even a celebrity. Okay, uh, who who is George Watsky? Watsky, he's Watsky. he's he's a he's a rapper. Oh, um, a British rapper? He, no, <laughs> he's he's American. He's just he's never been in the charts. Um, yeah, should shouldn't have even. It's W A T S K Y. Actually, if anyone's listening that they know George Watsky, big up, big big Watsky fan here is great. Luke hates George Watsky, which is another reason that he's a bitch. But, you know, there we go. <laughs> Okay, he does slam poetry. He was in. He does. Okay, he's he's a bit of a spoken poet. All right, I will. Def- he liked one of my tweets once, and that was great. <laughs> All right, I, I will I will go and listen to some of his things and see. He's uh, he's around my age, so uh, we may have something more connected than you and him. But <laughs> oh, Matt Stewart liked one of my tweets as well. Once, oh, fuck you! Uh, well, I got the Montreal. Can- I actually had a conversation with the Montreal Canadiens on Twitter, so I have another claim to fame there as well. So I'll take that. And Dan, uh, not Dan Brown, an author. Oh, oh, what's his name? Damn it. An author liked one of my tweets too. So I'm going to take those. I got a few more on you. (laughs) So there. You have a wall where you just write down every interaction you've had. Oh, Oh, hold on. Do you, uh, have you watched any Doctor Who? Uh, I've seen some. Yeah. Uh, Are you familiar with Colin Baker? He played the sixth Doctor. Colin Baker. Hold on. I, I, the name doesn't ring a bell. Uh, well, he played the sixth Doctor Who in classic Doctor Who, and I watched an episode of Doctor Who with him on my grandma's sofa. So there you go. There's a classic. Oh, shit. Baker. Okay, yeah. you. He was, like, r- right beside you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sat down with him and watched an episode of Doctor Who okay, yeah, on you my ha- grandma's sofa. So you you beat cool. me there. I do not have anything like that. Winning. <laughs> well, I did, I did send a beer uh, when Aaron Douglas was at my local pub. Oof. Yeah. Through... T- th- through... So... The my local pub that I go to, uh, shout out to McLean's Pub, Aaron Douglas. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give them a shameless plug. Aaron Douglas was in Montreal, and he's like, "Oh, where should I go watch the game?" I'm like, "You have to go here." And he's like, "Okay." He goes there and he takes a picture outside it, and I text my friend who's bartending. I'm like, "Look, there's a guy who looks like this. Send send a picture of Aaron, <laughs> uh, Aaron Douglas." I'm like, "Serve him a beer. Say it's from me." She's like, "Say it's from like what? Feel better or Irish feel better?" Which is my Twitter handle. I'm like, "Irish feel better," and he literally takes a picture, adds me, and says, never been served a beer through Twitter no. before. This is a first. Oh, that's so mad. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> <sighs> so I may not have sat right next to him, but I did buy him a drink. I love how the end of the episode is us just trying to one-up yeah. our interaction. <laughs> one, one just going up and up. I can beat you here. No, I got you this. But you do have uh, a Doctor Who watching a Doctor Who episode, so that actually beats everything. Well. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, I, I'll call it. I'll call it a tie. Okay. I mean, you, you got you got a few good things there. My ones are fairly small until we get to that one. So. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give the floor to Mr. Oh, the whole floor. Yeah, I'm going to give you the whole floor. I'm going to let oh, you okay. uh, promote 
uh, and publicize where they can find you and what you're on? Well, let me see. So, first of all, I should probably do Twitter before I forget. It's at the underscore R-L-O-E, which stands for Ranked List of Everything, which is, in fact, the podcast that I do. And to sum it up, like, you, you, get, you get a list of your movies, right? Or this this, for example, yes. we have our list of top five directors. Now, imagine that, but it's not just directors. Imagine it's everything, literally everything. Now, you may be thinking, wouldn't it be unfair and just completely impossible to rank things that are completely unrelated to each other, to each other? And the answer is yes, it is. But we do it anyway on this podcast. And um, yeah, check it out. I have a new guest on every week. And I believe that the Phil Better from the Vilvetta show himself is about to join me to record one of these episodes. Yes. So um, if, if that sounds if that sounds interesting, give it a go. And if it doesn't sound interesting, um, still give it a go. Then please give it a go. Yeah, I will cry if you don't. So please, please, please. <laughs> Thank you, Phil Better, for that floor. Um, it was a good floor. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it was, was very nice even. I took my time making the floor for you, and it was. Yep. Did you clean it just beforehand? Yes, as well? I did. Because I did, and I buffed it too. I was going to say, I buffed it, it as well. It was slightly slippery. That's oh. something I wasn't going to mention, but it was a <laughs> lovely floor. It's a great floor. <laughs> uh, Harry, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, thank you. For I'll just me. do my quick. Uh, you can find us here at the Phil Better Show on all social media. You can email it at philbettershow at gmail.com. Please make sure you like and subscribe to both the Phil Better Show and the rank list of everything because it literally <laughs> ranks everything. And um, what is the episode that you have your coat? Not, not um, Luke, but the, the other Harris, uh, Harry. On the uh, Harrison, Harrison, yeah, episode three. Episode three, I think, is one of the funnest episodes of the rank <laughs> list of everything. But every episode is so much fun because it's so different, and everyone argues about the list. Um, <laughs> and trying to one up the list too is a very fun part of the game. Of and you the, seem to think you're going to. Oh, I think, I think my at least my I know for sure my bottom, the worst thing will rank lower than uh idiots on bikes idiots on bikes is okay. still number like 31 right yeah still bottom of the list all right i think mine will will top it make sure you tune in to the rank list of everything that show it will be in the description and i'll be tweeting it out when it goes live um again i want to thank my guest harry for joining us on this uh awesome episode of tangents and it's international tangent episode inter international yes tangent and the international drinking age podcast um <laughs> so i am feel better thank you very much i love your faces and have a great day <laughs>